You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, Mitch. 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 Hey, All right, Daniel, we're down here at Phoenix Comic Con 2016 on the exhibit floor, and we have a special guest, one who's, you know, very, uh, Dear and near to our hearts, so it's awesome that he'll do this podcast with us. Uh, Chris Gore. Thanks for having me on, you guys. This is fun. I can't believe this is actually happening. <laughs> you got it backwards. Yeah, um, Chris, you know, it's, it's amazing. We both watched you on Attack of the Show. Uh, I remember you from the X Show also. Oh my god, that's old school. <laughs> I know, extra. right? Wow, I think that was an FX like first got like a channel, was, right? Yeah, it was like yeah when FX launched, it was like it's kind of like uh, you know, it was like the Man Show, but it was more of a daily talk show, and I was on once a week. It was like my first regular paid TV gig. Oh really? Yeah, that's... this was in the late nineties. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, exactly. I remember that from yeah. from watching it on TV. Um, yeah, on the on Attack of the Show. Actually, uh, I, I mean, probably won't remember this, but I was uh, I wasn't on Attack the Show, <laughs> but I, 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 I worked for the local NBC affiliate in my in my hometown. Uh-huh. I was a movie reviewer, and I text I, I didn't text you, I tweeted you, and I asked you uh, as a movie reviewer, how is it that you do uh, a movie that you really don't want to watch, but you know you're able to objectify or separate yourself from it? You mean when you hate watch something? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I had to go watch Twilight. And, oh, and your and your response to me was, get drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No drinks, like have helped so many bad movies. It's uh, I don't know. And like, also I think context. Like, I like to go see. There's there's two drive-ins that are close to me where I live in Pasadena, California. I love to go to the drive-in because you can just bring in a cooler filled with adult beverages. I mean, whatever you want. So, like, I remember I saw one of the Fast and Furious movies at the drive-in sitting at the wheel of my car. It's so much a better movie. It's I, so I cool. That That'd be true, yeah. Yeah, it's a awesome. much better movie. So context is, like, a really it, this interesting thing. And, and more movie theaters now, like, there's a chain called the Arclight Cinemas in, in Los Angeles. Uh, in the Los Angeles area, there's, of course, the Alamo Draft House, And they all serve drinks. There's the IPIC Theater now, which is, like, this high-end movie theater where you sit in your seats and they bring the drinks to you so i do think that like a bad movie will always be helped by beer beer <laughs> beer or margaritas uh you know i i've always seen stuff about the alamo draft office so i want to go to one and Dude, i know you tweet about it often too it's, it's one of the best movie theaters in america i uh-huh. mean the alamo draft house is like it's like a very american movie theater you've got like like and it's it's cool too because you cannot text or talk or do anything like people will shame you there they've <laughs> trained audiences there just kind of like the arclight cinemas train audiences like they don't tolerate stuff we're here to see the movie you can have a normal reaction you know laugh applaud you know uh, jump in your seat if you're scared but it's not cool to talk it's not cool to text save that stuff and 
you know, you might pay a couple dollars extra to see a movie, but you're not going to, you know, uh, have a bad experience. But trust me, there's been plenty of times when I'm in my local theater, I'm like, I wish there was just a theater that was just 20, 21 and over. You know? Right, right. it's the teenagers that do that cause a lot of well, that's why the drinking does that too because these theaters where you can drink you know like that's a, that's a whole but this is why I, I argue for the drive-in like if you want and if the movie's bad enough I'll text during the movie but I'm in my car right you're not disturbing I'm not anybody. disturbing anybody else but I have a I have a whole method like when I go to the drive-in I, I here's what I do right I'll park to, I'll get like a, a buddy will meet me there or I'll get a group of people and we park and then in between we have like two cars parked uh, with an empty spot between us, we close the windows on the outside of the vehicles, open the windows on the inside of the vehicles because the sound comes through your through the radio. Right. We crank the sound, and then we just put those sports chairs that have the cup holders. You know those ones you, you sort of pop out, and, and we sit in there, put our drinks there, and we all sit outside. It's like, it's like tailgating with movies. <laughs> it is so fun. So I recommend if you're going to, if you're going to uh, go to the drive-in, it's just like tailgating. Right. And, and like, I'll see a bad movie that I don't care about, and I'm like, eh, whatever. And it's so great at the drive-in. It really is, like, there is such a thing as a drive-in movie, right? It's not, you're not looking, it's not like The Lobster. Right. It's not like some <laughs> art film, right? <laughs> right. You know, some foreign art film <laughs> with subtitles. Like, no, you're going to see, like, a bad horror movie right. or some cheesy thing, or as you did with Twilight. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the drive-in movie theater has the atmosphere for, like, you know, that big action explosions, too, or, you know, the horror movies. Oh, movie action movies, horror movies, like, drive-ins. I, I really think there should be, because at their height, drive-ins, there were, like, 6,000 drive-in movie theater se- screens in the United States. Now it's less than, like, 300. Less than 300. That's, like, but I think the drive-in, the drive-in's making a comeback. So, which I think is cool. And what's cool is actually the Alamo Draft House is doing, there's this uh, movie called The Shallows. Have you heard of it? I have. It's like a shark movie. Right. And uh, with Blake Lively. Right. It looks, it looks cool, right? Like, I don't know if you saw the trailer, but like, it, so the Alamo Draft House is doing a screening of The Shallows on a lake. Really? So, like, you basically, like, it'll be they set up a, a screen that's like a floating screen, and then you take your raft or whatever, or you could just stand and watch it in the water, and they crank the sound, and it's like an outdoor. See, see what I mean? Like that's the perfect. They, you know, you get that atmosphere of you're uh, going to be kind of immersed in the movie. Well, they did a screening. Draft House also did a screening of Jaws on a lake. When what they did was is they hired scuba divers to just like swim around with people, and they had those things, and they just tugged on people's legs during certain parts of the movie. So it was crazy. I didn't go to it, but I heard I heard people talking about it. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, Talking about your your panel that we went to on Thursday night. Yes, you know, it, was, it was it was a great panel. And I, Did I loved, you enjoy it? Yes, and I love how much you interact with the you know the fans, the people that are there. You know, a lot of these panels. You, the people they they don't want to get close, they don't want to interact, but you did. So that's oh awesome. well. I mean, the whole thing is is like I've been in a million panels where I'm like, ugh, <laughs> just st- let's just move on or let's whatever. And it's like I well, try to get a vibe of like what the audience wants, and then like that's why I was like, well, let's just make this a Q and A. Everyone who asks a question gets a DVD, and then whatever DVDs are left, I'll just give out to. I think almost everyone at the there had. Got a DVD. Well, we got our Dick Shark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dick (laughs) Shark, which is like a horrible... But see, that's like a great drive-in. Like, this this filmmaker from... He's from upstate New York named uh, Bill Zabub, and he 
purposely tries to make bad movies. <laughs> like he goes out of his way. Like like some of his some of his movies are like Jesus Christ serial rapist. Nice. Dick Shark, <laughs> Ant Hill Dick Farm, uh, like Ass Monsters. Like his movies all have like he made a movie called The Worst Horror Movie Ever Made. That's and good, it is. Bold. Yeah, yeah. So and this guy's really prolific. Like I admire him. Like, you know, I wish I had those kind of balls to just like make a movie like he makes like a movie every six months. It's like, hey, I made a new movie. <laughs> what does he shoot on? Uh, it's just video. Yeah. It's just I mean look. It's so sophisticated now with, like, our, our cell phones. Like, you can get, like, I mean, with the new uh, iPhone 6S, it, it shoots with an app. You can shoot in native 4K. Which is incredible. Which is better. It's better than the cameras they used to shoot Episode 2 Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode 2. <laughs> which is, Star Wars Episode 2 was shot in 2K. At the time, and at the time, that was like the highest resolution digital camera was 2K, so it shot in 2K. So, like my my iPhone five is like <laughs> as good as the camera that was used to shoot Attack of the Clones. Which I mean, which is incredible thinking that I mean, it wasn't really that long ago, in right? The, in right? The right? Scheme of it, right? Yeah. When did when did that came out? Two thousand two. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones was two thousand two. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. So, uh, also. During your panel, which you had, to, you had to say, and I think it's a it's a philosophy that I also adopt is that uh, the remakes and these uh, reboots and stuff they don't they don't negate the old movie. The old movie still exists. I feel like what what I don't like is when they betray the uh, history. Like if they do like um, if they do a comic book adaptation and they change it we're gonna change it we're gonna hip it up we're gonna like <laughs> like look I understand like yellow suits don't look good with the X-Men on screen I mean I grew up reading like the yellow suited X-Men right. you know in psych I mean some of those suits just I mean Wolverine it just doesn't translate and I don't think Wolverine as a character like when you know his psychologically like who Wolverine is I don't think he'd ever wear a yellow suit no, you know like no. he'd be like can I swear on your podcast? Yo, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Fuck right that. Ahead. I'm not wearing a yellow Wolverine suit. Like, like they just don't translate. So I understand, like, you know, honor the legacy, honor the history, get the essence of the character. You're going to make alterations, but, and up to, like, I love, like, Captain America's suit in the Marvel movies looks so cool because it's utilitarian, you know? It, right. It looks functional. Like, it's a military outfit. And I love how his suit has changed slightly, gotten better and better. Which, with every movie, they kind of, yeah. They every movie, they kind of update it, and it's like, it's practical. There's a reason <laughs> he's wearing it, you know? He's, he's going to battle. Um, so, uh, my question for you is, uh, you know, since we're talking about comic books and movies, uh, what did you think of, you know, Apocalypse? Okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was a great movie. But I love those characters so much. I forgave a lot of... I mean, a lot of it was just, like, the story where you just didn't care. And I don't really know where they're going with, like, are they jumping ahead every 10 years now? And, like, you know, I, I really... I think part of the problem, and I think maybe we talked about this in the panel, is there's so much great story material for the X-Men that the X-Men should just be a TV show on HBO. It's true. Like, where every episode, like, they should just do the episode where you learn about Nightcrawler. It's one hour. It's all about Nightcrawler. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, cool. Do you want me to sign? I'm, I'm doing a signing here. I'm, uh, I'm actually at uh, my... Um, 
uh, my booth and I'm selling copies of my book and comedy album Celebrities Poop. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Go right in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you guys keep the conversation going. I'll be right back. No, it is. It, he's right. It's, I mean, uh, something like um, X Men would be great as a uh, series, and it would it would work so much better because you'd have the time to tell the story. Right. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be rushed, you know. And shit, you know, not everybody has HBO, but me, you know, Netflix. They've done that with Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones. Well, the thing with HBO now, you can also just get a subscription to. That's right, HBO like, Go. Yeah, HBO Go. So you'd be able to watch those type of things, you know, as uh, as, as they come out and not be behind. And it would, yeah, it would be great because it, it deals with material that would be uh, so much. Uh, <laughs> and we're back, and he's back, and we're back. But I mean, when you, but the thing is, is I love like I grew up reading like old school X Men, like the first hundred issues I read, um, and you know. I just love uh, Jean Grey, Scott Summers, like, to see them at the school. The Quicksilver scene is really cool. It's fun to see a former co-worker in the movie. That's Olivia right, Munn. Olivia Munn. Uh, she does a fine job. I think they cut her part way down. But I know they cut a lot of stuff out of that movie, unfortunately. Like, I just feel like when you look at some of these things, like, what is the best format? I don't know that Watchmen should have been a movie. I think Watchmen would should have been a 12-episode Series, mini series, right? Like episodes are like an hour, and each one is like you take that book, and that's that's that episode. Uh, they've actually um, been in the talks of doing a prequel series and being on Showtime or on HBO. Well, they should just remake it. I mean, like, look, it doesn't negate Zack Snyder's Watchmen. You know, <laughs> it doesn't negate it. You could like. Do it again, you know. Like how many times have they rebooted Batman, right? Oh yeah, exactly. there's the '60s TV show, the Michael Keaton Batman, the other, the Joel Schumacher Batman, the Christopher Nolan Batman. Now we have the Zack Snyder Batman. Ben Batman, Batman. And yeah, the, the, the Ben Affleck Batman. Who I, I thought he's the best part of Batman v Superman. Like it doesn't matter. Like to me, we're living in this like golden age. When I was a kid, there might have been one or two science fiction fantasy movies coming out a year a year and it was 1982 was a tipping point where it's like Blade Runner came out and Star Trek 2 and a bunch of other genre movies and I was like oh my god like this is great like it wasn't like you're just waiting for years for stuff like literally every three months there's something cool where we're just like yeah whatever new Star Trek movies coming out in July <laughs> I mean you isn't know, that the, a, Independence the worst Day problem sequel comes out at the end of June like <laughs> whatever it's like every month there's like something like it's like, so I'm not like a lot of these fans that complain, 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 and like, you know, because they didn't get the story they wanted. I just think that, like, maybe, maybe Brian Singer, I kind of feel like his enthusiasm for it is not there. I love the early X Men movies. It was like, wow, that was Marvel getting things on track, right? right. That's, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. It's like, well, those first two X Men movies was like, this is awesome. We get to have X Men movies. It's, it's... Well, yeah, no, it was, it was about prejudice. I mean, right. like, the original X Men movies were about. You know, people being prejudiced, and now it's just turned into, you know, like how many mutants can we shoehorn in? How many poses can we get? Yeah, and it kind of sucks. Like, I want to, you know, I want, I feel like those characters are all so good, they should all have their own, you know, I don't know, like movie, but like you could do full episodes. Like, that was the cool thing about the first, like, 100 issues of X Men, because they would have this little thing in the back where they would, like, they tell an X Men story, but then in the back, they would have, like, the origin of Cyclops, right? <laughs> and it would just tell, like, it would just go back in time and tell, like, how Scott Summers, you know, like, like, 
how he learned about his powers, how difficult it was growing up, how because it's like going through puberty, like like how um, like how he uh, yeah, actually it's weird because Scott Summers like teamed up with this other mutant. He was actually like this small time time. Uh, small time hood this guy who had diamond hands mm-hmm. would like punch people and, and he was like his uh, he worked with this guy and uh, he got he got back on the right track and then ended up at Professor X's academy it's, so I remember that story vividly but I mean, the Summers family in general is just so rich with history and yeah. intrigue and, and, and branching off in there's so many just, different directions there's just so much good story material from X-Men that to have it just relegated to one movie every two years isn't the right way to tell the story I think we're at this point where long form storytelling is as good as the movies and acceptable in movies right and acceptable in movies like now like basically the Marvel movies every Marvel movie is another chapter in the Marvel Universe we're getting like what two Marvel movies a year mm-hmm, about yeah. so like I'm gonna see Doctor Strange because we know there's gonna be a cameo from somebody <laughs> yeah. there's gonna be a button scene at the end they really you know Iron Man really kicked off that universe and a lot of people I think we were talking about DC like I feel like DC just needs one good movie you're right yeah you one good movie then it's like uh, which Suicide Squad could be that movie Wonder Woman. Have you seen the stuff from Wonder Woman? I've seen some I've of the seen stills. Some of the stuff too. Yeah, it, it looks it looks good. It looks like Game of Thrones style. Like it looks sprawling and epic, and it's her story. Like uh, I'm, I'm excited. It does. The, the, oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say uh, Wonder Woman is actually one of your parts from Batman v Superman. Right. No, she Gal Gadot was great. Yes. I just I thought she was fantastic. Like that's the thing that you know what, you know what actually uh, Batman v Superman reminded me of. It it kind of reminded me of like. Like, if there was 13 episodes of a TV show called The DC Universe, it's like they took those 13 episodes and edited all the stories from it into one three-hour movie. Yeah, I really, I really did feel like the, they, they had the intention of a lot of people who were going to bring, be bringing in the information that they already know about some of these characters right, right. without it being explained in the actual movie. Which, right. as a comic fan, does work, but as a moviegoer... Yeah, it's. I, I really feel like Marvel figured it out, but after a lot of false starts. Think about it. You had the original Spider-Man series, and like yeah. that third Spider-Man was not so great. Right. There's like so many like that. I don't know. There's just so many uh, of these. You know, false starts. The Punisher films, like, like it finally got on track. Iron Man, the first Iron Man, hit it. Like, th- this universe exists, and, and it, this universe has a rich history that goes way back in time. Right? right, like, so I just I love the way that Marvel's approached it. I think DC trying to copy that is not the right approach, and trying to like kickstart it too quickly. Like, you know, you you gotta have patience for these things. You know? Yeah, no, exactly. The story has to be like it has to be good for the, the get the audience like yeah. involved and, and wanting to know more. Yeah. Um, with talking about button scenes, what at the yeah. end of Apocalypse, uh, yeah. what did you take from that? particular scene with the Essex uh, briefcase. Well, isn't that supposed to be Weapon X, right? Like, we'll see. I don't know. Like, we, I, I know I don't, Essex is supposed to be Mr. Sinister. So okay. I don't know exactly where they're going to go with it, but I just, they had all those different color vials inside that uh, briefcase. So I was wondering if you thought it had any ideas. No, or... no ideas. <laughs> I just like, I didn't think it was that great, to be honest. Not a great button scene. I still feel like that they're just doing that because the other Marvel movies are doing it. They're not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. right. The X Men are not. You know, that's a Fox deal. But I really hope that uh, that Marvel gets 
Fantastic Four back. That would be incredible. Yeah, that would be great. Because Fantastic Four, that's my gateway comic. Still and haven't seen uh, the reboot. I, I, I saw it. It's terrible. It might be, not only is it a bad movie, it might be one of the worst movies ever released by a movie studio. That's, I, that's exactly what I said. I mean, the, really? You said a, the same thing? I, yeah, no, I mean. Like, I'm like, wow. How as a this, bad, as a movie itself, it's just bad. It, like, it like yeah, forget the superhero part. Just as a movie, it's a terrible movie. So, I, mean, I don't know what they were going for. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's been all kinds of reports of the turmoil and stuff that was going behind the scenes with Trevorrow and all that stuff. Or not Trevorrow, right. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Trank. Uh, yeah, what, Trank and, and uh, Miles Teller and who knows. I, you know, none of us are privy to that. But you know what? Deadpool was pretty awesome. Deadpool was awesome. Yeah. So Deadpool was like, hey, you had Fantastic Four Tank and you had Deadpool, which they released in February. What a mistake. That movie should have come out, like, in the summer. Right. But, I mean, it's it's grossed so much money on its own anyway. It made more money than Batman v Superman. <laughs> Did you know that? I hadn't known that. That It's it, it's, it's domestic box office, or it's yeah. world box yeah, office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think with Deadpool, is like, is the movie that they, they even cut back the, Fox cut back the budget on it, and, you know, they, they it was kicking and screaming to come out, and yet it's done better than oh. all the X-Men movies. Yeah, no, isn't that insane? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Brian Singer watch the movie it just seems like he's lost interest in it because he just doesn't care about the details you know like having it all match up well see that's what I, I felt like in, with Apocalypse it was a lot of just him uh, you know trying to uh, refer back to X2 and X1 that he he was the one that made those right right yeah, that's what we talked about yesterday is just that, you know, he's reusing the same plot over and over again you know Magneto and Xavier hate each other they they f- end up fighting, and basically at the end of the movie, they're friends again. Right. Well, you know what? My favorite X-Men movie is First Class, and it's not directed by Brian Singer. <laughs> I love that movie. I think you see the roots of it. I'm like, that is so cool. I, I'm like, when I watched that, I was like, man, this is what a nerd I am. I'm like, look at this going, why wasn't? Why weren't the prequels like this? Why wasn't Anakin and Obi-Wan are like these great friends, and they have a falling out over something? You know, like... This is you see the roots of everything from from first in first class. I loved it, you know. I, Brian Singer was uninterested, and then as soon as like wow, people are into X Men again. Like I guess I'll direct, and he just and I feel like the guys who did the special effects on the Quicksilver sequence they practically ghost directed that scene. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it is so good. Yeah, no, I mean that's obviously what what a big part of the the franchise is now with the. With Quicksilver doing his slow motion scenes because they did three of them in this this last movie. Right, right. So it's it's a big part of uh, you know how that franchise is, is looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, with we, the, you know we could just talk about this nerd stuff all day. Yeah, this will be the longest episode of your podcast ever. <laughs> well, we actually do an hour usually. Oh, so, usually. Okay, yeah. cool. cool. <laughs> I mean, cool. if we if we're not keeping you. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just watching. My, I'm watching my booth live. So so uh, checking out like. Uh, I don't know if I have any sales. Thanks, Teresa. Teresa's watching my booth. <laughs> I'm at the Wayward Nerd booth. Wayward Nerd booth. Wayward Nerd. Wayward Nerd. You got to check out waywardnerd.com is a website all about nerdy travel. Uh, going to not just conventions, but nerdy places. And uh, I write for the website, waywardnerd.com. And on it, like, I've written articles about, I went to the Vasquez Rocks. 
you know, where they shot so many episodes of Star Trek. Right. The Gorn one is the one people remember the most. <laughs> um, they shot Galaxy Quest there, the Flintstones movie. Wasn't uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey there? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was there. Um, I visited, actually, the place where... Uh, the Batmobile came out of the Batcave, oh, which wow. is which is at Griffith Park, which is it's a man-made cave. That's cool. Um, I visited Death Valley and wrote an article about it about like, uh, we, about it's because it's where they shot Star Wars. Everyone says, well, you know, it's most it was mostly shot in Tunisia, but they did pick up stuff in Death Valley. So it's like if you're in Vegas, Death Valley's like like an hour and a half or so outside of Vegas. You could go visit. It's that it's that um, that canyon that R two D two is going down and the Jawas shoot him. Okay. That's in Death Valley, and there's a scene like with the land speeder and C three PO. Like that's uh, in the original Star Wars. That was shot in Death Valley. So um, it's about nerdy travel, and I am a contributing writer to WaywardNerd.com. So that's a plug. I know it's a plug, but <laughs> but, but that's exactly uh, what our, our listeners like to hear. So I mean, it's a, well, yeah, it's a no, I mean, it's like yeah, and it's also like tips on travel. I'm a big fan of. I call it urban camping. So when I go to a con, like I set up my room and like like what I'll do. Okay, this is one of my dumb tips, right? I bring a cooler filled with. I find out like okay, the hotel bar generally serves Coors Light in bottles. So what do I buy? Coors Light in bottles. There you go. I put it in. Then I've got my satchel. It's filled with cold Coors Lights. Or I've got like I don't carry a flask around because you know what a flask says? I have alcohol. <laughs> I get a thermos that looks exactly like uh, some energy drink can, right? And I just carry that around and I'll fill it with a margarita with some ice. And then because you have to be budget minded when you go to these things, you know. I mean, look, Coors Lights at usually at a hotel bar are seven bucks. Right. Or I can go to the store and I can spend seven dollars on a six pack of Coors Light. Right. Or twelve dollars for a twelve pack. I feel stupid um, spending that kind of. So I'll do that. And then what I do is I get like beach towels that have like the Batman logo, and I put it like on my. I set up my room so it looks like. The nerd suite. Nice. I'm telling you, man. It is so. I mean, check the pictures out on my Instagram at uh, that Chris Gore. That Chris Gore. I have been. Oh, cool, (laughs) cool. So, so you see, like how I set up my room. Like, here's the bar. Here's my setup. Like, I want you know, I like urban camping because I I, I consider myself a an avid indoorsman. As most nerds, yeah. most <laughs> nerds are indoors, especially when it's in hun- Arizona. Yeah, 117 degrees during Phoenix Comic Con. This is crazy. Speaking of, you know, this is uh, your your. You said how many times have you come to Phoenix Comic Con now? I think this is my fourth. The fourth year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's great that you keep coming back here. What- I love this con. This con has blown up. I've seen it grow. It is insane now. I mean, this is like it's tip. It's it's, it's at the tipping point now where it is too crazy. So, um, I mean, they really make it convenient for guests and stuff. Like, I hope it's good for you guys, like, getting in. But, boy, it's uh, it has blown up. It's huge. No, it, exactly. Yeah, I think I've been coming four or five years now. And uh, Okay, so has it grown, like, since four years ago? It was, like, just starting to get big. And, like, now, this year, like, Thursday sold out. Oh, well, I know. That, that, that's crazy. Like, yeah, the first year I came, I, I think it was just in the North Building. Of right, the right, right. Center. Now it. It's spread out so much to downtown. It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. They even opened up upstairs, which, you know, wasn't a big thing either. The hall up there. Yeah, the hall up there. It's Yeah, it's just, it's the whole convention center now. It's insane. It's insane. 
Oh, uh, just I was just gonna say, um, you know, it's it's great to to see you. But I I've all, I also ran into you at like uh, WonderCon and. Uh, oh man, awesome! <laughs> I tend to run into you a lot. I mean, I well, we, I'm at I, all these things. But here's the thing: I am at those things because I'm a legit nerd. Like I'm I'm just going there to go there. Right. Like I'm not like like I love hanging out with other fans and stuff like that. But like I'm, you know, I've been going to cons since I was like a little kid. So, which you know, I know, growing up in Michigan, when there wasn't really a con scene, then it was just like, here's a room with comic books. Oh yeah, we're showing uh, episodes of Star Trek on 16 millimeter <laughs> with a projector in the next room because there, there weren't you know VCRs then. That's how freaking old school I am. <laughs> you know, you were talking about how in, in your panel you were talking about how you were kind of the one that made, made this, or you were the one that made the suggestion that Attack of the Show go to San Diego. Comic-Con. Yes, I was. I, t- I told that whole story about how I talked to Gavin Purcell and said, "You guys should go to Comic Con," and he said, "Comic Con is that a convention for comedians?" I said, "No, it's this huge pop culture event in San Diego." So. And, and, and I imagine, uh, yeah, once he got there, so, so you said that once uh, Kevin did some what, lives or something like that from there? Yeah, he did some live, um, like, uh, uh, remote segments from there in 2005. Because I asked for time off work. I was like, hey, man, I don't think I can do DV Tuesday because I got to drive down to, to San Diego. And then I told him all about Comic-Con, so... What uh would what would be some if you could like a, a a great memory from Attack of the Show wise of Comic Con? Uh, one memory. It's one year. I think this was maybe two thousand seven. Uh, Kevin Pereira and I floating in the pool at the Marriott Hotel, where we had both dumped our girlfriends <laughs> and were newly single. <laughs> Either he got dumped or I got dumped. I, I don't know. No, I dumped this girl. He, I don't know if he got dumped or dumped her, but like we were both like, wow. And it happened at Comic-Con to both of us. Wow. We had like some blowout with whatever <laughs> girls we brought with us. And uh, so we we're just floating in the pool going, oh, this is weird. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's a memory for sure that I thought was funny. And like uh, the, the, the fact that it's, it's San Diego Comic-Con has become such a big uh, extravagant industry like event now pop culture and movie hollywood stuff uh like how do you feel about that i mean i think it sucks because uh because it's like the people that sort of started at the beginning it's like hard to get in it's hard to get hotels like it's now become like a thing that appeals to everybody because so now this it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword I, I like to think that san diego comic-con is a victim of its own success oh yeah you know just like other events like South by Southwest or Sundance, they get too big. And then I think what happens is you got to watch, like, sort of straying from your core values, you know. it's it, That's why Artist Alley is something I make sure to always visit at every con I go to because this is legit where this stuff starts. You know, this is where the writers... I'm right next to Marv Wolfman right now, who's a legend, and uh, he's, 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 he's at the, the uh, booth right next to mine. And there's other... George Perez is oh, across yeah. the way. Yep. I mean, he's an incredible illustrator, and Crisis on Infinite Earths is one of my favorite things he's ever done but I mean you walk through here and it's like this is the, the reason you like all this stuff is because of these people who created it and yet they have like the smallest space it's all like the giant booths or whatever and Phoenix isn't Phoenix is as avoided being corporate though it's not I mean you've got like the bigger booths but it's not a very it's not a corporate con you know it's mostly creators and small vendors who make their own stuff 
Yeah, I think the last two years I haven't been able to get a ticket to San Diego Comic Con. Like, well, you get into that 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 pool and <laughs> you get I, it or you don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I go to San Diego Comic Con mainly to network and for work. I don't go to have fun. I come to Phoenix Comic Con to have fun. <laughs> well, what, I mean, other what are some of the other uh, cons that you know maybe well, I know I don't get to go to? There's WonderCon, there's Kamikaze, Stanley's Kamikaze, which is uh, phenomenal. Um, I don't know, like, and there's also smaller cons like Long Beach Comic Con. There's San Diego Comic Fest. And you there's said Monster Palooza the other night, right? Monster Palooza, which is in Pasadena. There's. Uh, just a whole bunch of other smaller ones, you know, Scare LA, um, there's Creation as a con that's just Star Trek, there's Gallifrey One, which is Doctor Who, I go, I go to, to that, that one. I go to that one, <laughs> dude, I got my hotel, like, I'm all set. That's so am I. Yeah, I'm at the Marriott, where are you? Uh, we're at the Embassy. Oh, you're, well, that's better, because it's got, you get the free breakfast. And free booze. Free, I didn't know about free booze. Yeah, from six to eight in the lobby, you get free, uh, either beer or big drinks. Dang. <laughs> I booked the wrong hotel. But the whole thing is with Gallifrey One devolves into lobby con. It does. It's all about partying in the lobby. So I am a I'm a big fan of just like, you know, I bring in my beer that I spent like twenty bucks on. <laughs> but if you know I bought that at a hotel, it would be let me calculate. Seven bucks in a twelve pack or an eighteen I mean that's like that's like eighty four dollars. Yep. Right? <laughs> $84 bar tab plus tip or just buying a 12-pack. Which is probably the smarter move. Smarter move, right? <laughs> Smarter move. Yeah, I think I saw this less this, this past year at, at Gallifrey when I saw you in the karaoke room at, at, at night. Yes, I was there just hanging out. I did not sing here karaoke, there were just so many, to be clear. Yeah, there were so many people singing Hamilton songs, and I had no idea what Hamilton was. Uh, it's a musical. Yeah, I know that now. Okay. Uh, is Iron Man in it? <laughs> exactly. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Does the Hulk show up? Yeah. Uh. Well, it's so funny because I have this sort of running joke that, like, my whole thing is, like, you know, I always, like, when I see, like, Clark Gregg in another movie... Where he's not, you know, an agent of Shield. Uh-huh. I just pretend he's undercover, <laughs> and it makes the movie a better movie. I, I can like see that. Like when Robert Downey Jr. does some shitty movie that isn't Iron Man, <laughs> I just think, well, this is a Tony Stark one shot, right? You know, he's just he's kind of slumming it. Or <laughs> it sure makes those movies way more fun. Like due date? <laughs> yeah. Or oh my god. Or yes, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 been great. We're talking for thirty. You know, you're wrapping up. I, I don't need We're to. Wrapping up. I don't right. know what. Else. I know. I know. I do. I do need to watch my booth. Yeah. And whatever. But, yeah, but thanks a lot for having me on the show, guys. Like, let me know when you post this podcast. We will. It's going to go next week. Awesome. So, I, awesome. but I, we will tweet at you. But uh, we on on our particular po- this particular podcast. Uh, anytime I have a guest on, I ask them uh, if you were to have one useless superpower, what would it be? One useless superpower. One useless what would super, it be? Yeah. It would be. The ability to change the color of my pants. <laughs> that actually, I, you know, that, I, I can see this. That useless, might be useful though, but like it can, fashion. Like, if you were to spill something, yeah. You just, oh well, spill now the, something, yeah. It's all red, so You're it doesn't like matter. Pants, so I'm going to change the color of my pants. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, on, on this particular part, or on the way we always end it, is that uh, uh, we say uh, um, always remember to geek out. So when I signal you, if you want to okay, say, let's geek do out, it, man. Okay. So this has been Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek Geek out. Geek out. (laughs) Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Thanks, guys.
We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. 